In this episode of Interchain FM, Jeffrey Hu, a researcher at Bianjie, the company behind the Iris Network, joins me to discuss coin swaps, NFTs, and BSN, China's upcoming blockchain-based smart network. IrisNet was the earliest Cosmos SDK blockchain that enabled swapping of tokens via a module called CoinSwap. They were also early on in building out NFT tokens in the Cosmos ecosystem. We also get into how Bianjie, which is a Chinese AI and crypto company, is being commissioned to help support the development of China's new blockchain initiative called the Open Permission Blockchain, which could set the tone for how the 1.4 billion people currently living in China will interact with blockchain technology for years to come. You're watching Interchain FM, your monthly podcast for all things blockchain interoperability related. I'm Chang Chain, your host for this podcast. We are here with Jeffrey Hu from IrisNet today. He is a researcher there, and IrisNet, in fact, was one of the earliest adopters of Tendermint technology. They're like the first uh, ecosystem team that used our technology. So that's great. And it's good to hear where you guys are in this podcast. And yeah, thank you for coming on the show, Jeffrey. You guys are like the OGs of the Cosmos ecosystem. So what are you working on, ArisNet, and what's happening there right now, Jeffrey? Hi, everyone. I'm Jeffrey Hu from ArisNet. I'm a research director here and has for the strategy and also the ecosystem development uh, right now here in ArisNet. Actually, ArisNet, I, I think, is maybe the one of the first projects that launched uh, its mainnet in the Cosmos ecosystem. And yeah, also maybe, maybe, yeah, we first launched the, the mainnet. And also, we also tried earlier, we, we established the first mainnet IBC connection and the, uh, finished the first IBC transfer in this year. So really looking forward to the more ecosystem contributions. Maybe in yeah, future. that's amazing. So what has been your experience like having launched inter-blockchain communication on IrisNet, our Iris Hub? Are you guys gaining traction? You know, are people making IBC transactions through Iris Hub? We did a demo, maybe a test uh, IBC tra- transaction once we had uh, established the IBC connection with the Cosmos Hub. And after that, we launched the IBC connection with the production use cases just uh, several days ago. Uh, last week, because uh, also on, you, you see that on the CoinSwap and other applications on the ArisNet, also AMM, that uh, also can uh, support the atom on the Aris Hub right now. On that, we can just uh, transfer the atom from the Customs Hub to the Aris Hub, then swap the, these tokens. So that's and, another, and are, maybe another are, use case. Are users transferring atom over and then swapping with? Iris tokens right now. Yeah, yeah. What pairs are there, or is it just Atom Iris? This uh, Iris uh, Atom, and also maybe in the uh, beginning of this year, actually we also without IBC, we also try to connect with the Binance chain with another hash lock crossing technology that can also people can swap the BNB and BUSD list tokens and also get transferred uh, through list chains. We want to support many kinds of the question uh, ways that can be uh, for people to like to easier for them to swap tokens and get connections. 
I'm glad you mentioned HTLCs because my understanding of CoinSwap is that it's built a little differently than other wrapped solutions, right? It's similar to Lightning in that sense. Can you talk a little bit more about how CoinSwap works so that our audience can understand from a technical perspective? CoinSwap actually, uh, it is also a module uh, developed by in very early times, like back to 2019, uh, we actually uh, developed these modules on the Earth Hub, but, uh, but uh, without uh, applications. So this year, this application has already launched on the Earth Hub. At that time, the IBC is not so ready. It's not so ready for the production. So the first question that should be ready for the production use is HTLC, that uh, Binance Chain and like Kava has already been using that for a very long time to swap tokens. So we also try to use that in a similar way to swap the tokens between the Earth Hub and the Binance chain. So maybe later on, uh, if Binance chain can also uh, support the IBC, we can use it in a more easier ways. And uh, after that, last month, we also launched the IBC connections, not between the networks, just on the applications of CoinSwap. So CoinSwap can also use the Atom tokens through the IBC connections. Another upgrade, upgrade recently. Why did you guys go with the Lightning Atomic Swap design instead of like a more, I guess, centralized alternative? Centralized like gateway and other ways of for transfer tokens is also an options for that. Because before that, before the HTLC and the Lightning uh, Hashlock transfers, we can also support this kind of gateway to transfer tokens between the Earth Hub and the, the Binance chain. But I think we should move forward step by step that we can be more like uh, decentralized and permissionless, like from, from gateway to a hash lock and uh, to IBC. So maybe for, for, for this plan that can support, but uh, we can also support many kinds of question particles that for users for there to have their options and choices. Yeah, I wonder if you guys have taken a look at the Thor chain design because they implemented a novel design. We talked to them the previous episode before this one. They introduced something interesting that was different from wrap solutions and atomic swaps. So I just wonder if you guys took a look at Thor chain's design and everything else that's out in the ecosystem and you decided, well, this is the best design for Iris. I'm so sorry. I actually I didn't take look into the Solchain's design, but we should definitely look into that. Yeah, I think Solchain is, is very much active in the ecosystem. Also. Mm -hmm. How much value is locked on the IrisNet chain that's being swapped? Let me see the data right now. I think it's uh, millions of the TVL right now. It's not so much because we don't want to have many tokens to be locked as swapped right for 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 this for the moment. It's not so high. Are you guys waiting for Gravity Dex to come out? Yes, I think uh, all the Gravity Dex and Osmosis, uh, I think all this kind of design uh, applications and particles, maybe like in the future, we can have a, a very good design to have this kind of collaborations between these DeFi particles, just like we have seen on the Ethereum. All the DeFi applications can have their uh, like the DeFi Legos on the Ethereum, but maybe we can expect that it should be like uh, the chain Lego. I think maybe the, because yeah. we can connect this uh, with the help of the IBC. So that's a, that's a I think maybe a paradigm shift. I think that's a, maybe a different, quite different things for the whole industry. 
So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the BSN initiative. Oh, yeah. So that's really interesting. And, you know, you're the first Chinese guest from China that we've had on this show so far. I just want to know what's going on in China, right? Like we want to cover macro trends and understand where you're trying to yeah. move towards with yeah. decentralization yeah. technology, especially for a Chinese regime. You know, that's kind of like an oxymoron to me. So help us better understand. Yeah. I know Irisnet yeah. is you're developing, you're actually building it for them, right? This open mm -hmm. permission network. Let me try to get this more specific because our team is also running the customer China community, try to uh, promote the customer tech stacks to the uh, Chinese community that can help more people to adopt this very cool tech stack in the blockchain industry. In the very early time, uh, we have a collaboration also with the BSN. BSN is an initiative established by the State Information Center of China and also by uh, with the China Mobile and Union Pay and, yeah, and other big institutions in China. So we collaborated with uh, in a very early time that to help this kind of blockchain industry and technologies to develop in China. Because you know in China, Blockchain technology is still very, very encouraged to help more industry that can adopt these technologies to, to use it in many areas of applications. Right now, the time in China is, is morning. So I, when I check about some news, I also uh, hear, uh, to see some news like the people can sign their contract based on the blockchain technologies that can help this kind of the agreements not be uh, revised and be compromised by any parts of the agreements. We can see maybe news coming like every day from many areas that blockchain has been adopted so in China right now. BSN is also have this kind of the vision to help this progress becoming more early and more faster. We collaborate with them in several aspects, like the, the public chains. The BSN also, I think the Airsnet uh, is the first batch of the public chain that's supported by the BSN Global. So users can access the Airsnet's node through the BSN's uh, global portal, uh, just like the Infura of the Ethereum. The second one is the interchain communication hub of the BSN. So that's the Cosmos <laughs> be good at. Uh, that's what we'll be good at. So we established the interchain communication hub for the BSN that can connect with the permission blockchain and also uh, some of the other service and other applications around the BSN environment. Also, another big thing we are doing right now with them is the BSN Open Permission Blockchain, OPB for short. It's another quite interesting thing because this OPB term or concept is also raised by the Ant Group in China. Ant Group, there's Ant Pool. Are they different? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it's not the Ant Pool, it's the Ant Group, like, uh, you know, the, the Alipay. And the another entities have close relation. Uh, it's not the same, but it has some close relationship with the Alibaba group, the another group, uh, Ant group. They also, uh, yeah, have their blockchain Ant chain. They follow the, the uh, similar concept of the open permission blockchain because in the past, uh, like in the fabric and other private or consortium blockchains, people can just uh, read their data in a very closed 
network environment. Uh, the outside world cannot read data and also write the data. They can't. But in the open permission blockchains, people uh, outside the world can also read the data from the, this kind of the infrastructure, but they also need permission. They can't write the data without uh, this kind of permission, maybe like gas, other things. They need to get from the BSN or maybe Ant Group to get this, to get this data can write on the, on the blockchain. So that's another uh, amazing thing. It's maybe like the, the public blockchain, right? Because so, uh, when we factor something, yeah, please go. When you say in order to append, in order to write to the blockchain, you just need to purchase gas or one could call it yeah. stake from yeah. Yeah. a central provider. And that's all yeah. that's needed? Isn't that just proof of stake? It's not so proof of stake because there's a node running for the validator is also has some uh, permission for, for that, for running the node. Okay. Also maintained by a very, short, a very, very small group. But we can also like to open that to maybe later to the whole uh, industry, but uh, right now we can also uh, maintain it by a very small group and get this uh, guest and this guest cannot be transferred and uh, traded. It's not so uh, same with the public blockchain, but they can also uh, they can still use this guest for like running the smart contract, using the applications. But it's really um, different things that can, like uh, in the past, like uh, the four nodes of the fabric chain or some small private blockchains. When you record something on this kind of blockchain, the outside world will not know this kind of things and we don't know how to use this in the future. But if we open this data to the whole world, so that will be different. The, the record will be that's witnessed by the, the whole world. That's a different thing. What's the requirement to becoming part of the node set? There will be more uh, like the specs and maybe ways for like the POS pool or maybe the validators uh, to get into this, to maintain this node uh, for in the future. But right now it's still uh, like maintained by some health service centers that can, uh, service providers, they can run in this kind of node because they also, there is a business model for running this kind of the whole things like the, the gas uh, I mentioned before. There's also some uh, less kind of the reward, uh, those rewards, but this kind of uh, how the revenue, this kind of revenue will be distributed through this kind of different entities, like the node maintainers and also the infrastructure providers. Who's the current entity that is running like, I'm assuming just a single node? Right now there's several like the service, so uh, cloud service providers in China, in different areas. Who's running this? Was it Alipay that you have to go and... It's another, uh, maybe I confused that by, by, by comparing this uh, concept, but uh, Alipay is not running this node on the BSN. It's a service provider like, uh, I'm not sure about, so about like China Mobile or China Telegram. There's in different areas, their service provider, a cloud service provider will running this kind of the node for the BSN and provide this kind of infrastructure level service. So you guys at Bianjie, which is the startup behind IrisNet, you're building out various verticals for this project. We built the BSN's OPB's product and also running the software levels uh, applications for the BSN. We contribute that. And also based on the 
cosmos uh, compatible with the cosmos particles like the IBC and the other. Uh, we also integrate with the cosmos modules Cosmo, on the okay. PSNs. Yeah, because this will be easier for developers to write their smart contract. What you guys are doing is you're leveraging the Cosmos stack and yeah. providing a permissioned network for China that's operated by, I guess, Chinese institutions. Yeah, some institutions. I've read some articles about they want this to power like a smart city and power IoT devices and yeah. other such applications. Is that the kind of goal that you guys are working towards? I think so, yeah. Like the smart cities and also IoT devices, also I think it will be combined with blockchain technologies in the future. But right now we uh, don't have so much, so deep into this kind of areas right now. And right now you guys are just plugging in IBC for IrisNet yeah. and for BSN. Yeah. How yeah. are people using it? How do you expect people to, to use it? Lots of things I can use this IBC uh, in this kind of the areas like in BSN, uh, the Irita hub I mentioned before, that can be helpful to connection with the uh, many heterogeneous blockchains, like even with the permission blockchain like Fabric. So uh, can connect with uh, by the by the IBC to connect by to the other blockchains. Take this uh, maybe a record example I I mentioned before. Like uh, when you want to like uh, record something for many parties to get uh, agreement. So uh, I think it's not makes so sense that you record on a like a very small uh, private blockchains. But we can also. Uh, record list on uh, maybe a uh, very large scalabilities as uh, scalable so, uh, public blockchains. So this kind of areas like uh, we can, um, the, but, but the business logic is still running on the private maybe enterprise the permissioned blockchains. But when you want to record something, you can get these things like uh, through the IBC to record on the public blockchains, and uh, this agreement can read by the whole world and witnessed by the whole world. And when you want to like get some record also from the public blockchains, they can also request this kind of the service from uh, by the help of the IBC to get this record of the block public. Yeah, let's do a review about what Iris working on. You guys got a lot going on. You have NFT. You guys yeah. have IBC. You guys have an enterprise service arm from IrisNet. You guys have Erata. Let's break that all down. There's a lot. One of the top priorities right now is the NFT. 30,000 of the NFT are already minted and also be used by the users right now. Like in four months, because early from March, we launched the, uh, the uptake applications with our partners in March. So, and after that, we are trying to refactoring this kind of the NFT modules right now to help to support more features. I'm very glad to know that like Crypto.com and the auto thirty chains has already decided to use our uh, modules for their uh, blockchains NFT features. I learned that from the previous uh, episode of the Interchain FM. And I hope that uh, we can uh, like to have more contributes for the NFT features in the customer's ecosystem. So we also proposing a NFT ADR architecture decision record right now for the in the Cosmos uh, SDK repositories that maybe you can like to help to support the NFT features also on the Cosmos Hub. And moreover, like uh, we can also support this kind of uh, NFT can be cross-chain transferred by the, based on the IBC 
just uh, our thought right now be like ICS 30 compared with ICS 20. So that's uh, for the non-fungible tokens to cross-chain transfer. So that's our next plan for this uh, NFT things. Because the NFT actually is also very uh, useful for the enterprise applications. I'm not sure whether you have also the same feeling about that. Because uh, NFT, I think, is not just about the crypto arts. Because NFT can, I think, is more like an infrastructure level of things. Because we can record all many kinds of like sophisticated like data on uh, by the help of the uh, NFT. So it's uh, quite useful also for the enterprise applications. So we study and integrate in very early time. Also, with our permission blockchain partners with this kind of NFT features, and also combined with other features like privacy computings and also some other like record and also data sharing, like this kind of things together. I think it would be helpful to unpack that a little bit. There's some things that we should probably give context about, which is the ADR is the sort of process that would enable you to create like an interchain improvement proposal, right? The ICS. So the ICS can be thought of in the Cosmos ecosystem as equivalent to the VIP system, the VIP governance system or the EIP governance system for Ethereum. And so what you guys are attempting to do is to upstream the NFT module into the Cosmos SDK, if I understand that correctly, which is what the SDK is meant to, to do, right? It's, it's an SDK for the entire open source ecosystem of developers to be able to upstream their contributions back up to Cosmos SDK. And that's what you guys are trying to do. Yes, it's more like on the Cosmos SDK level. So um, developers of the whole uh, Cosmos ecosystem, not just the Cosmos Hub, not just Gaia team, but the whole Cosmos ecosystem get these MT features that uh, if you want to integrate these kind of features on the blockchains like uh, through the Starport and other uh, developing tools to start your own blockchain, you can try to uh, also adopt this MT design on your own blockchains with this kind of uh, NFT feature and abilities. We can think of your uh, NFT module as like the ERC-721 token standard and mm-hmm. ICS-30 as like EIP-1155 or something like that, some, some improvement towards developing NFTs. You talked about different applications besides just crypto art, which I am personally mm-hmm. interested in learning about because right now it's just crypto art used for NFTs. I want to know what you have in store for using uh, non-fungible tokens. Maybe the first uh, example is still the, like the, the uptake. Because uptake is uh, another uh, partner. They have already using like this kind of NFT for their events, like ticketing for some uh, offline, okay. offline, yeah, offline events that the NFT can record this kind of uh, ticket information. And also in some of our enterprise level, applications, uh, this kind of the NFT things can also be an uh, asset that can have connections like with the real world uh, assets, like financial assets that can record their whole uh, data on the blockchains. Because uh, we can uh, just define that uh, adjacent schema for this different asset uh, in the, like, the, the finance and uh, different industries. And this kind of the asset can further be traded or uh, maybe can be transferred to other parties. So that's quite useful. I think it's quite useful in the enterprise levels. Like in the supply chain finance, maybe in the like, uh, supply chain finance, 
all the receivables, you can uh, record this assets on the blockchain as the NFT. And then this kind of NFT can also be, be transferred to other parties and get their future um, payback or something. So this kind of uh, asset on the blockchain as a proof. Yeah, as, or, um, or, or you might think of a domain name as an NFT. Yeah, domain name is that, yeah. Let's talk about some of your other services. You have uh, Terse IBC and you have iService. Can we, can we talk yeah. about what those are, what they do? Yeah, iService is a concept. We initiated this uh, concept like in very early time. Things like the Arsenet project being proposed, uh, this kind of iService. I think uh, iService is also quite connected with the enterprise levels use cases because uh, iService can wrap, you can see that they wrap all the systems abilities and service into this kind of so iService, or we can call that interchain, inter-system uh, service between different uh, networks or systems, like uh, even for some centralized system, if you some have some like abilities or service, you can register this service on the ArchNet and on the like other different uh, blockchains. And this kind of service can be like invoked and requested by the other entities on this native chain, or maybe we can later on like call it from another other blockchains uh, by the help of the IBC. So this can fully extend the whole uh, system's connection and integrations because uh, right now they are, I think, compared with the uh, blockchain, I think there are more and more applications uh, based on the centralized tech stack. This kind of the, the system, it can, they, they can expose their abilities by the Earth service just by uh, registering their service, uh, abilities on the Earth hub. So this kind of service can, can be fully, uh, can, can further interact. So that's the I service. Updates for the SNET is that another partner of our team, a V team, they are also running a node called the BI23. I think it's also a node for the uh, validated nodes of the Cosmos Hub. A governance proposal that to lower the issue cost for the tokens on the Earth Hub. So that will be easier for their DAO applications that be launched on the SNET because they will use the iService to help this kind of the team management applications on the Earth Hub, like uh, issue a team's own tokens and get these tokens as a DAO applications to help this kind of the team internal uh, decision making and maybe discussion or other things like, like reward distributions and some things. So they are also proposed right now on the governance proposals on the Earth Hub right now. So that's the iService. For the next step, I think we will Propose uh, maybe uh, like uh, integrate more with the IBC that can have the I service over the IBC. Like I mentioned before, the, this kind of service uh, interactive can also be based on this, based on the IBCs. So that's uh, our next step, the, the I service. Do you imagine this being used to launch various DAOs and for the DAOs to adopt Iris Hub as kind of a new governance platform, or do you expect something else to emerge? Yeah, I think the Vitim's versions will like have this similar idea, like uh, we can use the ArchNet as a DAO platform for their applications because uh, yeah, because governance proposal system, I think is very natural on the, both on the ArchNet and the, maybe on the whole customer ecosystem. So we can also leverage these kind of features for this kind of DAO systems. 
but uh, governance proposal may be too heavy for some small teams. So we can use this iService for some small, maybe lightweight governance discussions, maybe decisions makings, and for the, the team internals discussions. And when we get to the network level, we can also use the governance system. We can expect that. We can expect that. So you would be doing, I guess, governance as a service on a blockchain for various dApps. I like this term, governance as a service. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be interesting. Um, I actually don't see proof of stake networks utilizing that very much, but I definitely see a value add from the perspective of proof of work network that explicitly does not have governance functionality in it. For example, smart contracts on Ethereum definitely kind of have that niche filled. I definitely see Cosmos chains actually having already leveraged this using the governance module in the SDK. And so they kind of like have this out of the box. But where I do see a need for it is something like, you know, an application specific blockchain that runs on a totally different system, such as Handshake, because I know, you know, having experience participating in the, I guess, consensus forming process in such a system that does not have governance explicitly would benefit from something like this. And so, you know, if we're yeah. imagining a huge multi-chain world with a bunch of different applications that don't necessarily use um, the SDK state machine or use Ethereum, yeah, they're, this would, they would use this. I mean, this would be helpful. It may be different, uh, like the current governance uh, modules on the Cosmos ecosystem uh, chain is uh, affect all the people, all the users on the single chains. But I yeah. think maybe if this DAO application's needs are getting more and more, like maybe you can modify this the governance modules, like the proposals can just affect maybe a small team of users of the network. So let's, maybe you can have this DAO applications get more uh, like particle for this DAO applications. Mm -hmm more of a like subgroup within like a large yeah, network sorry. using this for a specific purpose. Tell me about Terse IBC. That's a, a concept we are recently, we have this kind of idea, uh, Terse IBC, uh, we, can, we can have this kind of maybe TIBC. Because right now, I think when we are developing some, uh, for example, heterogeneous structures for them, persuade them for, to adapt the IBC ways, uh, because we see that IBC is quite useful, like permissionless, like uh, we don't assume that uh, network topologies and we don't have this kind of uh, centralized things for the IBC connection between the chains. But we have that feeling that some of the blockchains, they, for them, will have uh, many kinds of works and many things to do for them to have uh, to, to adapt the IBC's whole stacks, like functions and features integrated in, on their chains. We have the idea that maybe we can have some customized and or maybe we can cost the third IBC for them to have some, just help them to get the token transfer features and also smart contract interactions by this kind of TIBC particles. So like they don't have to implement all the ICS particles like channels, uh, like part, all the things, all the whole uh, like particle stacks but just a small subset that can uh, have their connections just established uh, through this kind of heterogeneous So that's uh, our uh, design and idea right now. So we will design this and push this forward this year. So maybe we can, uh, by this kind of TIBC, I think we will connect more blockchains uh, to the Cosmos ecosystem. 
you've listed a whole bunch of different services and is that all operated on the iris hub it depends i think we will find uh, a suitable scenarios for this all kinds of different technologies like we also like have some collaborations with the uh, data chain team from japan to collaborate on the like the integration of the fabric ibc it's more useful on the like on bs environment for the permission blockchains that can be connected but for like the, the some uh, like DAO and other NFT applications uh, like uptake, uh, maybe uh, they can also on the ASNet, maybe they'll be more useful for them, like on the public blockchain scenarios. So I think it will, it will depends on the blockchain, what kind of blockchain we connect with with help of the PIC. How is IrisNet going to work with BSN? Because I'm inferring that from what you're telling me right now. So are there plans for BSN and IrisNet to connect and, you know, do some cool thing or? BSN will integrate more features and we will upgrade our BSN infrastructures uh, like the BSN's uh, Arita Hub and also the BSN OPB Wenchang, Wenchang is the name of one of the BSN's OPBs we developed. We will uh, integrate more features on these blockchains. Like BSN's OPB, we will also reflect NFT features on the BSN OPB to like have more permission check and also features added on the BSN OPB's NFTs. That's one example. And we will also like upgrade some um, the IBC's features on the other hub. Like we will uh, leverage if TIBC is ready, will be developed. We will also integrate this. Kind of things on the BSNs are hub to help to connect uh, with more enterprise blockchains. So that's what we are doing for the next. Uh, so we will do many more things with the BSN. How big do you expect it to be? Because from an investor's perspective, one of my partners at the Web Foundation is investor, and so he knows expected number of usage and scale of you know this network Jihan's perspective is that it's it's going to be used by all of china is that how big this thing is you mentioned like the users and some maybe usage that will usage i'm not sure if i understand right i'm just wondering if every person in china and their moms and grandparents are going to be using this whatever they use it for is this going to be the digital currency network for China? I'm not so sure about uh, this kind of plan because whether the BSN will integrate this digital yuan or not. But I think uh, if it's ready, I think that all the tech stack will support this. And that's no problem. Yeah, I'm not sure about like on the business level, whether they will decide to integrate or maybe they have permissions to do that. We have no like this kind of uh, information right now, but from technology perspective, I think we can be ready for that. At that scale? Yes, it's the infrastructures, maybe on the country level, yeah, because like the BSN's OPB's node, you mentioned, right, the node already located on the different places in China, like the BSN's permission uh, of blockchain products and also the networks are, have also uh, different applications and the scenarios in different areas and different parts of China right now. So on that scale, if other things like digital yuan will be adopted, before that, we can make some preparations for that. But again, uh, we have no information 
get from the BSN right now for that. It would be interesting if they do migrate users on over to this because you said that these giant multinational conglomerates like Alibaba, Red Date, these companies are the ones backing it, right? And so it could potentially be just integrated into all of their platforms. Alibaba is not, uh, I think currently is not on the initiative with the BSN. Uh, so BSN is uh, also still like running by the Red Date type company right now. And so it remains to be seen whether, I guess, the government will adopt it or whatever big tech institutions in China are going to adopt it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I find it interesting that they were recently clamping down on the, the mining farms that are powered by coal in China. Might there be some parallel between that action and, you know, whether they are trying to clamp down on Bitcoin so that they move migrate users over onto this new network? I'm not sure how the miners will do in the future, but yeah, I think China is... The miners also... are coming to America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, here's some news for that, yeah. There's people looking at renewable energy farms in Texas and Florida, especially Texas, and all of the people who were operating mining farms in China, are they traveled to the U.S. just for that, just to look at um, new farms. This is great, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for talking to us. I want to take a few questions from the audience to close this up because that's what we usually do. Elliot Zeliost asks, Chango, you work on Cosmos? Yes, I do. I'm a community de developer for Cosmos. Mohammed Kamarudin asks, I have followed Cosmos development very closely for the last couple of years. Read the out read the Atom 2021 white paper. Can you give a brief explainer on the utility of Atom? As we've seen in this episode today, we know that Atom is kind of turning into the reserve currency of the Cosmos ecosystem. There's lots of people integrating it, uh, especially on DEXs, especially on other hubs to be used on something like CoinSwap, for example. And so lots of people want to trade in and out of Atom because Atom is kind of the liquidity gateway. It's the most liquid coin in the Cosmos ecosystem. And for that reason, it's the coin that everyone wants to uh, pool their tokens with in DEXs such as Osmosis or on the Iris Hub. That's a recent utility for Atom that wasn't there before. Before, it was only there to add security to the Cosmos Hub for staking. And so now we're going to see just this whole world of Cosmos DeFi unlock. And that's what I'm personally excited about. Thank you so much, Jeffrey Hoop, for coming to Interchain FM. It's been great. It's been a very enlightening session. And I'm glad you taught us a little bit more about what IrisNet is doing. I hope we get to upstream NFT module into the Cosmos SDK because that would be awesome. One last question. Luigi, on IrisNet, can I currently create an NFT? Yes, sure. Can you like uh, for the users way or for, for you right now, uh, for the end users, uh, you can download the uptake applications on your mobile phone and you can upload uh, like photo or, or pictures uh, through these applications and mint it by, uh, on the NFTs on the Airs Hub. And that's like you can also get this empty sold on the NFTs, uptake marketplace. Uptick is a marketplace that built on IrisNet. Is that what it is? Yes, it's a uh, kind of like wearable. Yeah, but uh, I think actually their their team we also like they're planning to maybe like like launch 
their own network, empty networks, uh, maybe in the future. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to Interchain FM. The next interview that we are going to host is going to be with Drazir Brooks of SIFChain. So if you are a DGEN and want to trade 100x margin, <laughs> that's the episode that you want to tune into because that's what they're building. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you on the next one. Bye.